busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. When you hear the term careless, what comes to mind? Honestly, just give it a thought. Like, okay, careless. So for me, thinking in real time, careless means someone who is either clumsy or irresponsible. You know, something as like somebody leaving a napkin um, on a stove that's on. It's like that was really careless. Uh, Or if a guy did something really like asinine to a female and it was like, he, bro, he can care less about you. <laughs> like, I need you to understand, like, that's why he's doing what he's doing. Or someone who's just absent-minded. It's like, how do you forget to pick up your children from school? Yeah, that's extremely careless. It's just some of the few things. I'm being honest. Don't judge me. This is a judge-free phone call. Okay, great. Being honest about what I, how I look at that word. But can I tell you that I'm starting to look at it a little differently? Like I'm starting to, it's starting to have a little element of saving grace. Mm-hmm. I know that may sound weird, but let me explain. So I went to go take my son to the doctor today. Nothing wrong with him. He's, he's a good grandbaby. Had to go get a follow-up on his hand and some other stuff. Um, we're trailing along and that's fine. And... I like to take those moments to, you know, car rides, especially if it's going to be a little bit of an extended time that I, I connect in the car that I don't, I don't know why the car in the kitchen, I don't get, I guess it's a gathering place. You just have to be there. So I might as well just go ahead and, Hey, how you doing? Kind of thing. How you doing? Uh, so my son asked me because he has a cast on right now and he is getting closer to the time that he's getting ready to start traveling and doing all the things. And he's like, what if, uh, you know, he just asked the question, what if the time that I, it's time for me to travel that I still have my cast on and then what? And so he started asking me some hypothetical questions and I answered him in a very non me way. I just looked at him and I said, it's going to work out. Shrugged my shoulders and went back to looking through the window shield because you got to keep your eyes on the road. Okay, great. I don't want to see Jesus. I love him. Okay. Just don't want to see him right now. And um, that was like a breath of fresh air for me. And I think even my son picked that up. And he was like, you know, I think that COVID thing probably <laughs> was something good that happened for you. And I said, honestly, I just have truly adapted to the mindset of it's either going to work out the way that I intended or it's going to work out the way God purposed. Either way, I still win. I still win. I truly believe that all things come together for those who, you know, I, I, Romans eight twenty eight. I still believe that. All who those love the Lord. I believe all that. If I'm going to read this thing called the Bible, I'm going to live this life, I, it has to they have to piggyback off of one another. And I said, you know, like this morning, because he had an extremely early appointment. He had to be there. They told me by 745. We live an hour away. Do that math in that commute time. Not fun. And I still had to go to work. 
So I was going to try to be and put on all my cape and get dressed in the morning, take him, bring him back home, go right to where Bruh, I got up and I put on a pair of sweats, okay? Put me on a good hoodie and had me a nice day, okay? My son was like, um, on the way back, he was like, you drop me off at Dunkin' Donuts real quick so I can absolutely be went through drive through Okay, then I was like, while we at it, I might as well go ahead and get me something somewhere else. So I went to the establishment of my choice, mind your business. Okay, I'll tell you because I'm telling you my business anyway. Um, Starbucks, because low key, I've been trying this. Um, I had them give me the most diluted form of caffeine and I kind of like it. Uh, we'll see how I feel about it when all the months go by and I try it again because some I don't, I'm not a coffee drinker, so I don't know how that goes, but anyway. So, just took my time. And I said, you know, the other day, I realized that I was doing too much. And he was like, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, I'm in graduate school right now, right? No, you should know that for the story. Okay, well, keep up. So, my son is going to be a senior the next school year. And so I had this brilliant idea that if I could arrange my graduate classes, if I just do that, two classes, and I'm, you know, do that schedule and I make it, then what I can do is I can schedule it to graduate the same time as him, walk the same time as him, and we could take our cap and gown pictures together, and that would be so monumental for me, right? Bam, wrong. Mm-mm. Family feud X on that thing. And when I said it to him, he was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea in theory, but mm-mm. And I, what took him a couple of seconds took me toiling to see this is too much for me. Yeah, all he's doing is going to school. I have to co-partner in managing a whole home, uh, a husband, uh, a whole job. A unit, rather. Uh, yeah, eat all the above. And so that's a lot. You tried to cram and do what? Because your end goal looked like, hmm. Yeah, that may not that may not have been the best suit. And so I said, you know, I had to go ahead and just kind of have this thing where I was like, listen, I know that's what you wanted to do, but let's go ahead and start moving to some of this stuff where we can breathe again, okay? Especially after I had the conversation with you with a breathable life. I dare not go back into my personal life and be a hypocrite. I, I will give myself a nice day. Full permission to have the nicest day. That's what I would do to myself, okay? And so when I was talking to him about just this more relaxed reclined approach to this thing called life he said to me and I quote because this is the grandbaby that I birthed he said you know I hate to say it and it's probably I don't want it to sound some kind of way but it's just like sometimes you got to just like and he shrugged his shoulders he said like not care I said no no that's actually extremely on point that is why the Bible talks so much about your cares. That is why there are so many things that God is like, bro, just come to me and I'll give you rest. Like that is, you know, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Like I'm, try- I'm trying to teach y'all to just come to me like these children. There are so many different things that God is like, I'm trying to make you see that 
the world is in competition for your peace. The world wants you to be busy. The world wants you to be frantic. The world wants you to be unsettled. The world wants you to be rushy, rushy. The world wants you to be on edge. The world wants you to be, the world wants you to be E or the above all the time. And God is trying to get you to understand not only does he not want you to conform to the behaviors and customs of this world, as it says in Romans, and we just talked about that. He's trying to get you to breathe and live a life that is careless. The version of that particular word looks like you are putting far less care into all the things the world presents. The world wants you to have the theme song of, oh, no, 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 all the time. What you're going to do? That's happening. 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 It's like... uh, the world is going to continue to happen. I'm not going to continue to feel every bump, every hurdle, every, I'm not doing that, bro. Let me tell you something. I have declared that I'm going to live a life that looks very much so like, if you trust God, then I need you to care about the things that wants to persuade and pervert you to worry. I want you to care about that less. I want you to do the exact opposite of all the invites that's coming in. When they try to scare you about, oh, they making budget cuts, or oh, did you hear such and such thing, or oh, whatever that is, just bruh. Go ahead and set your mind. I refuse to walk into this establishment every day. I refuse to get up out of my good slumber to turn off any alarm clock to go ahead and subscribe to being uncomfortable and in worry all day long. I'm not doing it. Not for a paycheck, not for free. I'm not doing it. When you get into your car and the service engine soon and all these other different lights is coming on, you like, oh, my, what is that new stuff? I want you to go ahead and set your mind to I am not going to get in this car. And the thing that is bringing me to and fro to the things that God has me to do, the last thing I'm going to do is sit in this thing and worry to and fro. I'm, I'm not doing it. You feel a new ache and pain. You feel a new, I want you to get up like, listen, I'm not subscribing to, oh, you getting old and you know what happens after 30 and all these. I'm not subscribing to any of that. I am just going to care less about those different things. Not that you're careless. You're going to still make your doctor's appointments. You're going to still do with the eating that you know you have to do. You're going to get some steps in, some steps in, do some kind of exercise. You're going to do the things that you're supposed to do, but it's going to look a little bit different. And I went ahead and I was like, in order for me to frame my mind to it, I wanted to look up how the world described care, right? So, you know, I'm always reading from the bishops over at the New Oxford Dictionary and all that, right? And the ministries thereof. And so they describe care as a noun, and it says the provision of what is necessary for the health, welfare, maintenance, 
and protection of someone or something. Read it again. The provision of what is necessary for the health, welfare, maintenance, and protection of someone or something. With that being said, do you know what is required for you to live a healthy life? Do you know the things that's needed to have the emotional well-being that you desire and deserve to have, the mental well-being, the physical well-being, the spiritual well-being, the social aspect, because you need that too, social well-being. Do you know all the things that goes into that in order for you to have a successful, beneficial, and healthy lifestyle there? This thing is saying that care is actually you need to know in layman's terms what is necessary for the health, welfare, maintenance, and protection of someone or something. So the Bible literally already gave us that. God was like, look, um, everything that the world is already trying to uh, make you think you need to do, yeah, you need to um, do the Dr. CB uh, diet and you need to be taking this a, a day you need to you know they said don't drink that they said don't do that I believe for our particular bodies and this is my personal absolute belief that the Holy Spirit will wire you on what you're supposed to eat and what you're not supposed to eat that's why I believe that certain people have certain convic- convictions and other people don't I also believe that your body gives you signals and this is what I was told by an allergy doctor that your body gives you signals that yeah we don't like that because nine times out of ten you're not wired to have that give you a perfect example I tried to drink cranberry juice the other day my stomach is still burning okay uh (laughs) literally that's what it feels like the things that are healthy just because you're supposed to be doing it but does your body respond to it in a way that it reflects this is healthy. Like the way you do with water. You see how your thirst is quenched? Yeah. Um, you see how some drinks don't do that at all? Listen to your body. Caring, the way that the world describes it, is it's the health, welfare, and maintenance and protection. That means that you have to be so in tune with the thing that you know how to care for it. Do you know how to care for yourself? Do you know what relationships impede the health, welfare, maintenance, and protection of yourself? Do you know what relationships need to be adjusted, terminated, strengthened, reestablished? Do you know how where the relationships need to be kept in your life? Just because you love them doesn't mean they're supposed to keep the front seat of of the theater of your life. You know that, right? Yet you can love a very toxic person from the parking lot. Mm-hmm. From the parking lot. No, and, and don't care nothing about how that feels, or but that's supposed to be. Because that's mine, and you made title higher than what it's supposed to be, and you gave hierarchy all these different feelings in your heart. But for the health and maintenance and protection and well-being of yourself, um, are you caring for yourself? The job that you're currently in. Do you know how you need to operate in order to maintain a level head, a non-gossiping tongue, that you are fruitful? 
that you are working like Colossians 3.23 states that you're working unto man like you're working unto the Lord? Do you know what things need to be done there? Let me explain something to you. And I got this epiphany like a day or two. And I was like, wow, Holy Spirit, you are the bomb. You know how in John it says, then you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The question that I pose to myself is, do you know the thing that's going to keep you free? Like if you know when that person calls you every time your soul is disrupted, you feel heavy, you feel irritable, you feel then you every time that you answer, you are not doing the thing that keeps you free. What's the sense of being set free, which is aka you getting the epiphany that oh my gosh, this is this connects to that. Wow. Once you get the epiphany, you're set free. But once you put the thing in motion, you are establishing your freedom. And now that we know the definition of care, you are now living a life where you know how to care for yourself. And anything that looks like you're putting too much care into an area that pulls from you, You are now being careless the way that the world says, and you need to start caring less so that you can maintain your freedom. Hmm? What part of your life right now, early challenge flow, if you will, requires for you to care less? What part of your life, because I feel like we all go through seasons where we truly, truly feel like, you know what? This is getting my attention. And sometimes it calls for you to make really, really difficult decisions. You don't want to let go of that particular friend that was supposed to be your A1 like steak sauce. You do not want to move from that particular location. You had big plans on how you was going to build a family or do what have you. You didn't want that particular intimate relationship to end. Man, that thing looked promising. You did not want to go ahead and start feeling like, yo, I need to start looking for other jobs because you planned on getting your retirement and all your other benefits and blasey blue from there. You didn't want to give away that particular car or or have to go ahead and do whatever it is tangibly in earth. You did not want to go ahead and establish that particular end or go to the next level because you got comfortable in the infantile stage. And the one thing that I learned about a carefree, careless life is you need to loosen up the reins of your expectations. Like I said in the beginning, it's either going to work out exactly the way that's in your heart's desires or the way that you thought, or it's going to work out the way that God purposed it to be from the beginning. Either way, it's a win-win. Can you imagine a now walking toddler crying because they don't want to get out of their toddler shoe? This is the first shoe that they wore when they first started walking. And it means so much to them. You don't understand. This is the first shoe. And this experience from crawling to standing up to now walking and taking steps is you don't understand. It means so much. And they will emotionalize something to the point that what are you supposed to do? Say, you know what? You can keep this shoe. Uh, and stunt your growth and be a 23-year-old with a toddler shoe? That's stupid. I feel like that's the equivalent of what we do in our prayer life. 
God, you don't understand. Like, I see me having kids with him. You don't understand, God. God, you don't understand. I put so much time into her. Like, I really invested into her, Lord. God, you don't understand. I turned this whole unit, and I did, and I did. And what you're really saying is, God, I don't want to feel like I wasted my time. I invested a lot of emotional time, a lot of physical time, and I don't want that to be I don't want to feel like I put that was put to waste. And so what you should be praying is, God, redeem my time. Go ahead and do the Maxine. Listen, Deacon, this Maxine told you what to do. Reclaim your time. Because the one thing that I know about God is that he does not do waste. Two fish and five loaves fed 5,000 plus men, women, and children. And they had 12 baskets he made them folks carry. You could have easily just made just enough, but we don't serve a just enough God. Everything that you're doing is equipping you for something later. So for you to allow the enemy to make you believe you had to go through that hardship for those first three years, that you had to go through that difficult relationship, that you had to go through all these other difficulties and these terms, these uh, just turmoil for you to feel that you had to go through any of that, that you had to go through that. And that was just what you get from it, a T-shirt, what you get from it, a heart scar, a soul wound. For you to what? Carry that throughout your life? That's the God you think you serve? Can I say something to you? Yeah, let's go ahead and etch and sketch that whole thing out. Absolutely not. You do not allow experiences to brand you to the point that it conforms you to believe something that is not true about God. He literally has it where everything will work together. Everything. He didn't say every comfortable thing. He, he didn't say only the things that you planned and you did well, only the things that he had a part of his plan for you. He said everything, whether you slipped a little bit to the right, to the left, however that looks, he's going to account for it. And I need you to start understanding that you need to stop hovering over something with worry and anxiety and all these other kind of things because that's not how he intended your life to be. The last time and the first time that I saw God hover over something, he created something that wasn't there before. You don't have the power to do that in and of of yourself. So when you're hovering over something, you start feeling something emotionally weighing you down. You need to start caring less and bringing that back to God so that it can become lighter for you. When I looked up the necessary scripture and all the definitions, I was like, holy moly. First Peter 5, 7 if you remember no other chapter, no other verse, no other scripture, I need you to remember 157, 1 Peter 5, 7. I'm going to read you the first translations, which is the NOT, this is which I read from, the NIV, which is the New International Version, and then the NKJV, which is just the New King, King James Version. It The NOT says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. NIV says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. New King James Version says, casting all your care upon him for he cares about you. 
all of that. Matter of fact, and I'm going to go to the Amplify just because I'm feeling a little jumpy. Amplify, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares about you with depths of affection and watches over you very carefully. Let me explain something to you. You cannot be God in his spirit by yourself. Stop hovering over a situation, a thought, a circumstance, a person, a relationship, or whatever it is. Any of your heart's desires, you cannot hover over that with a human shell and think that you're going to produce a spirit God-led outcome. When God in Genesis hovered over the void and the darkness, he was able to create the earth and the heavens above and the heavens below. Do you understand that that is much different from what we produce in and of ourselves? I want you to start being more in tune with how much you try to care for something by yourself. And you need to do less of that and just cast that particular care to God. He is literally saying, let me do the heavy lifting. Bring it to me. Let me go ahead and sort that out for you. That rope is getting more tangled. The more you think about it, the more you start getting emotional ramifications. It's starting to penetrate through your body. You're starting to sweat a little bit differently. You're starting to agitate you in a way. It's starting to shift you. Won't you give that to me so I can shift it and make it lighter on you? Why don't you just do the thing that he's asking you to do, which is probably so polar opposite to what you want to do. I know you want to think about it. I want I know you want to try to map it out. I want I know you want to try to like, okay, but I at least need to try to have a plan. Then why don't you go to him for that and say, God, I'm gonna do exactly what the Bible says in first Peter five, seven. I'm going to cast this particular care on you. And in turn, I know that operating and pairing up with the Holy Spirit, you're going to give me a strategic plan for what needs to be done. This bill needs to be paid. I am not about to wrap my brain on how to do that. I'm putting in the effort at work. I'm putting in doing what needs to be done. I'm going to need a miracle. I'm going to need you to give me a strategic plan. But what I'm not going to do is start thinking about something to the point that it becomes an idol because the Bible says that you're a jealous God and you don't like when I think about something more than I think about you. Yeah, I need you to start really, really asserting yourself in the emotional realm because there is a fight for your peace. I need you to understand that. And I need you to have a stance that, listen, anything that wants to come to my peace at any time and knock on my door, you're going to have to go to Jesus first. Because I already gave Jesus the key. I gave him the code. He got the ADT information. And so when you come solicitating at my door, just know that Jesus, you're going to have to see Jesus because he don't be playing about me. Okay. I mean, I hate to go ahead and tell you, I know the Bible says he don't have no favorites, but um, yeah, Jesus don't play when it come to me. So I'm going to need you to go ahead and, you know, because I'm God's masterpiece, I'm going to need you to lay low a little bit and back up off me a little bit. And that's just it. And sometimes you'll have to remind yourself as you're being rewired to do something else because you, you'll go into your old frame of thinking, you know, try to, okay, should I do this and should I do that and all these other different things. And sometimes you got to tap yourself on the shoulder and go, we're not doing that anymore. We are not doing that anymore Mm-mm. because I don't reign over my life. 
I have a heavenly father who is a great father who looks after me, who has always looked after me. I didn't have to go to him and say, um, I'm going to need some more formula. I, didn't, I just had to be, I just had to exist. And because I cared less because my care was less than I don't know why it grew as I got older maybe because I had more responsibilities maybe because I had a job and I started doing big girl and big boy things who knows but just because you, things added on to you didn't mean you were supposed to put more care into things aka more worry where it produced to anxiety who knew that the word anxiety was even in the bible and it's connected to the fact that you don't know how to cash your care be anxious for nothing, Philippians 4. All these other different things reminding us every time you try to sort out something in your own strength, with your own hands, with your own thinking, it's always going to produce something negative within you, whether your emotions or your body. So please care less and cast your care instead. I'm not even going to give you a challenge because I feel like you should know what it is at this point, okay? Hmm? You have it. Yes, you do. I feel like you got what you needed. Mm -hmm. You know what these conversations are. They're life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everybody's going to have with you. Not everybody's going to take you by the collar and give you the little church pinch where it's 50% shirt, 50% skin, and get your attention and say, listen, I want you to live a better life. And I want you to be better while you're living this life. What sense is it to be alive if you never lived? Okay? I don't want you just having a birth certificate, registry of, of life, birth. I want you to live a life. The end. Do you understand that? Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. Um, because I think I, I'm hungry. I'm going to go ahead and get me something to eat, but we'll talk later. I know your phone number, so you're going to have to pick up, okay? You're going to answer, right? I didn't hurt your feelings so bad. Okay, well, just go ahead and do what needs to be done. Um, I'll talk to you later, okay? Later.